Thank you for tuning in to the... What the fuck? Just what the fuck? Thank you for tuning in to the Broski Doodles podcast. Your boy Kiko Flo, Kiko Cervantes. Please subscribe to the thing. Like it. Share it. You know, comment. Leave me a comment. Tell me, bro, I've been here. I saw this shit. Alright? Stop being little fucking hiding in the caves and shit. I gotta start this off with a funny story that happened to me today. I had to I had to go to the doctor to just, you know, get some, uh, actually not to the doctor, but to get my blood taken for, you know, analysis and shit, just normal checkup, right? And, and, and I had to take the metro, you know, and uh, when I was in the metro, I'm used to people getting in, asking for money, you know, and then there's others that get in and actually offer you something for that money, right? Mostly is either they're singing or they're doing some sort of act. You know, they're entertaining you. Some of them are rapping. You know, this is very this is very common. They get in the metro, they're rapping, they're improvising on shit that they're seeing. So that, you know, it's pretty cool. I like it, you know. Today though, I saw that you know, this motherfucker's went to the next level. A fucking mariachi band got in the metro. You know, they were hustling, grinding, you know, playing for the for the scents. But I just, I was like, what? I mean, I'm going to show the video, right? Because I actually, I had to record this shit. You know, a little spy, a little, you know, North Korea spy. Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable that I'm filming them. But I didn't need, I, when I was looking at this shit, I'm like, I need to get footage of this so that I can show the broski doodles so they can know I'm not fucking lying. Because some motherfuckers might be out there saying, yo, Kiko, your stories, I don't know if they're real, dog. You talk a lot of shit, you talk the empire of shit, you talk the house of shit. Sometimes I don't even know if what you're saying is a reality. And and I get that. I get that. Some of these stories are just so great that I can understand why you might think they're not real. I would think so as as well myself. But I took footage of this shit because I was like, fuck that. I'm going to show these motherfuckers what's good. I'm going to let them know the realness. Mariachi man. If you have ever had a mariachi band come to your house, and this is very common in the Latin community, every Latino has had a fucking quinceanera or some, you know, anniversary where they bring mariachis. The mariachi instruments are huge. They're fucking huge. You, you think of a guitar back there that you can... There? Here? What up? I mean... What the fuck, man? Here. This is my guitar. And this guitar, you know, it has some thickness because it has to have a resonating box where the chords transmit their vibration and it creates a note. So, yes, it has a little space there. But if you look at a fucking mariachi guitar, they're huge. They have a lot of inside space. They're fucking big inside a metro. It's a little uncomfortable. I'm not going to say it was a full-on mariachi band. And I'm going to show the video so I cannot really tell tell this bitch. There were two. Two of them, it wasn't a full-on fucking mariachi band. But two of them is already too much. Because the instruments are huge. Did I enjoy it? Well, you're going to hear the shit. I mean, these guys got it. I mean, they know what the... You know, they're fucking real authentic mariachis. However, I just thought it was a bit brazy to do that. I thought it was a bit like, yo... You You going big? Like, it almost felt like that morning... One of the mariachis told the other mariachi, like, hey, wait, you know, man, I'm really tired of doing this, man. You know, we play out, you know, like we're always out there, you know, we put our advertisement. 
But nobody calls us to play in their weddings, man. So I, I don't want to do this mariachi no more. And the other guy says, Ese, you can't think like that, man. I understand that at the moment, you don't feel like we could be the mariachis. But how about instead of we waiting for the money to come to us, we get the money, man. And we go to the metro and we bring them the mariachi to them. It's like, like if Pixar made Coco, but even more authentic, it would be about these two guys, you know, like hustling their way in the mariachi world. And they're in the fucking metro like, man, are we really going to play mariachi in the metro like that? And the other's like, wait, I'm telling you, man, we're going to be so... And they fucking, today was the first day they went in the metro and they were like, dog, we're going to make a career out of this bitch. Bring your big ass guitar with the big ass center. I'll bring my other whatever instrument and we're going to sing the fucking rancheras and we're going to make this shit fucking pop. And I'm going to be honest with you. <clears throat> they were a bit popping. You're going to see the video. I mean, I'm not even going to. You're going to see the video. One thing that is funny, though, and this out, this will be on the video as well. At the beginning, what happens is at every stop, sometimes there might be security guards from the on the metro and it's illegal right to be singing for money on the metro so if they catch you pretty much what they tell you is like yo get the fuck out of here right but you know they don't want to they don't want their their gig to be fucking interrupted so they were gonna start playing they started a little bit then the next station came and there were some guards so they stopped playing and if you stop playing you're essentially just in the metro carrying your instrument so you're not really doing anything illegal so they were like all right I, they, we can't do nothing. Then the doors closed, the train ran, and then they started again. <sighs> so that's the mariachi in the metro story. I really felt like I needed to, you know, to let you guys know about this. But let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's get to the stuff that really has a substance. Okay, let's get to the cheesy melty side. Okay, let's get to the crust. With cheese inside. I've, I've been hearing lately a lot of shit talking about Jeff Bezos, right? Jeff Bezos, if you don't know, is the creator of Amazon. You mean the Amazon forest? No, you fucking idiot. The fucking website that sells all the books. I remember Amazon when they sold books, bro. And I used to buy books from them because I read. Used to. At one point, I read. And now look what Amazon has become, right? And people say like, well, Jeff Bezos is a piece of shit because he has 300,000 million pavilions, right? But I ask myself, is there a real reason to hate Jeff Bezos or are these people just hating on a Bezos? And I really want your opinion on this. I want your comments because I'm a bit... I don't know. I mean, I'm going to give you my opinion, of course. I mean, I'm here for that, right? I will tell you what I think. But I want to know what you think, you motherfuckers. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I want to know what you think, you piece of shit. Huh? You're always there hiding, just watching. Fucking comment. Tell me something. Actually, Kiko, Jeff Bezos is a piece of shit. All right, let's debate. I mean, I'm not here to fucking... I'm not Jeff Bezos' lawyer. You know, I'm not his lawyer. But I'm just saying, people are always talking shit about Jeff Bezos, right? Let me let, let me call on Jeffy. Jeffy, I think Jeffy is like... <clears throat> maybe he hears this. He's like, oh, he's being friendly. He gets me, a, you know, a position. 
So this guy at Amazon, right? He made this empire, and sure, he's worth billions of, of dollars. But, but my question is, where is the hate coming from? Because if the hate is from, oh, look, he got all that money from doing this unmoral things, I can get that. But what people sometimes don't seem to, to grasp is that for Bezos to be where he's at with Amazon, he had to make Amazon a thing that people wanted to use. So in the, in the world, if we leave out right the exceptions, which is corrupt motherfuckers, shenanigans, lobbying, bullshit that has to do with, you know, interest being funded by payments, right? That's corruption, right? If we take that out, in general, for you to become rich with a product or a service, it has to be good. And it has to actually make people's life better. Otherwise, people wouldn't come at you with their money to get that shit that you have. So I find it from the origin fucked up that people hate on someone just because they're successful. He doesn't need 300 billion. Does it matter what the fuck he does with the money? I don't think it matters. What matters is he got it legally. And, and, and not only legally, I actually think that, man, if Amazon didn't exist, if, if, if sometimes I feel like I'm still learning English. I probably am. If Amazon didn't exist, a lot of the shit we have today, a lot of the, the markets that, that exist wouldn't exist. You wouldn't get this. Sh you know, like people hate on Amazon, but then love to go get the cheapest price in their website. Like, so now I'm not saying there's no, there's no uh, wrongdoing at all. Like, obviously we know about the stories in the factories, right? Where they have the, the people, um, that, I mean, I don't know if the stories are true. It seems like apparently they are where like they cannot even go to the bathroom. They have to pee in a water bottle. The delivery guys, I actually know of a delivery person for Amazon and he does tell me it is very hectic. Um, they control where you're going. But I mean, he, he likes his pay and his job security. So you are free to choose a job or another. That's another part of the conversation here. Like you are free to not work where you work anymore. And nobody owes you shit. And I know that sounds sometimes harsh for people to understand. But this is coming from somebody that's fucking struggled and grinded his whole life. I've always had fucking nine to five jobs, you know. Except when I was delivering pizza. But that was, I was a, a lot younger and a lot wilder. <laughs> I was a little rascal. <laughs> but, in, you know, in the, in the present time, I have a nine to five. Now, is it exactly nine to five? You know, potato, potato. Tomato, tomato. But what I'm saying is, yeah, it sucks. It's, it's, it's shit to be in those jobs. But it is my choice to be in this job or the other. It is your it is your choice to be where the fuck you are. I was going to say are, and then I thought of saying at, and then it became like a odd. It depends on where you and where you're at, which is like where you are or where you at, but combined into one fucking retarded word. You know, life is like that. So is Jeff Bezos a piece of shit because he has a lot of money? I don't know. I don't think, I mean, I don't think that would make him a piece of shit. I think a lot of people have benefited from Amazon. Now Amazon just not only sells their shit, but they're a marketplace for other sellers. And a lot of people, I mean, if you go to YouTube, there's a thousand videos on how to become wealthy selling shit on Amazon. Most of them are scams. 
in one of our next episodes, we're going to be talking about multi-level scams and different sort of scams. Um, and that's related to that. But that's uh, that's not for this episode. It'll come soon. So, it's, it's, But it's made people's lives better. A lot of the shit that, that's sold on Amazon, you buy it because you trust their service. And even if you're buying from a third-party person that uses Amazon as a third-party to sell to you, you do know that Amazon's gonna have some control and a lot more to say in the case, in the situation where that shit goes wrong, where that transaction goes wrong, the delivery doesn't arrive. So it's made people's lives better. And I wanna use an example that's a little bit easier to, to visualize, right? Let's say somebody comes along and invents a pill that cures cancer, right? Any cancer you have, right? Which is a piece of shit disease that we have. And I really hope that in my lifetime we can fucking find the cure for that shit because it's a piece of shit, piece of shit disease. Let's say somebody came up with a pill that cures any cancer that you have and he sells a pill for $10, $20, right? And he becomes a trillionaire, right? Because there's so many people that buy the pill, right? Would you feel like he's not deserving of being rich for creating this? Like, would you say that his pill gave to humanity a lot more than whatever he received monetarily? I would think so, right? I mean, like, is there like a price to the cure of cancer? Like, wouldn't you, like, what if he sold the pill for a hundred bucks? You would still be like, fuck, this guy cured cancer. Now, I'm not saying there's no price gouging I remember of some piece of shit that raised the price for, for some diabetic shit. I think it was from like 70 to 700 bucks. I mean, there's shit that's fucked up. And in pharmaceutical, it's a bit more delicate because competition is, a, is, you know, like in other realms of economy, competition always makes it so that the best quality for the best price appears. But in pharmaceutical, I would assume there's certain shit there because there's regulation, there's, there's lobbying. It's a bit more complicated. But what I'm trying to say is, I don't want to get into the weaves with like another fucking conversation that's how to do with this. If somebody becomes rich because they sell a service or a product, it's because there's a bunch of people that believe that that product is worth more to them than the money that they're giving. So people think that when somebody becomes rich, it's like he's taking that money from the rest of us. He's not. When you, when you become rich out of your own work and because you're providing a value to the economy, you create wealth. You don't, it's not like people that give you money, you took their wealth. No, you're creating wealth. Okay? Sometimes people think, I've talked about this in the past, sometimes people think that the economy is one pizza pie. If you want a cheesecake, use a metaphor, whatever the fuck you think. I like pizza, right? I don't know if I'm, you know, a pizza, right? If you have a pizza and you have a bunch of pies, people think that if you get a lot of pies, then there's less pies for the rest. But that's not how the economy works. You can, you can have unlimited, well, I wouldn't say unlimited pies. I mean, it's dependent on the resources and fucking mental capacity that we got. But if you are good and you create something new, you create new pies. It doesn't mean that when you have a lot of pizzas or you took everybody else's slice. No, you created new motherfucking slices. You went to the oven, you got the fucking sourdough, you fucking made the little shit, you put the sauce, you put the sauce and you put the ingredients and you made a new pizza pie, motherfucker. I'm not taking your slice. I'm making new slices. And I'm fucking making it easy for others to know how to make their own fucking slices and become pizza parlors. 
Does that analogy fucking explain it? So is Jeff Bezos a piece of shit? I don't think so, man. I think that, you know, it's just like saying is Bill Gates a piece of shit? Is Steve Jobs a piece of shit? They created things that made the world a better place. Bill Gates created computers. I myself, um, my life is a lot, has a lot more value thanks to the technology of computers that allow me to record, to edit these videos, um, to make music, you know, or if you're just working or contacting people that you love, that live in another, I mean, technology, right? I mean, in general, but you see how a man that is billionaire, it doesn't by default mean he's a piece of shit. I mean, I can give you many examples of millionaires and billionaires that are pieces of shit. You can go to fucking communist Venezuela, my home country. That's some of the richest people in the world. One of the richest women in the world is the daughter of the, you know, the president, that the, the fucking regime motherfucker. She's like the one of the richest women in the world with like four billion, right? They stole that from my country, right? Those are motherfuckers that don't deserve that, right? That that money is illegal. But if you make a money because you provided a product that people, it with their own will made the exchange because your product was that much worth it for them, then why is there a, why should we complain? That's what we want. We want more people that create things that give our life value and that people with their own fucking decision decide to give you money for that. You know what will make the, the, the world an amazing place? If everybody had that concept in mind and everybody strive to create things that would provide value to the rest. We'll have not only a rich society, but fucking not only rich economically, but rich in fucking wisdom and ideas and, and stimulations of the odds, of the odds. You know, you have people like, hey, mate, I'll create this new movie. You want to invest in it. And people would invest on it because there's gonna be, there will be so much production to be made. There'll be so much, so, so much things. So I don't want to get... I don't want to get too crazy with this, but I, you know, I just wanna, I just wanna say, you know, Amazon, Amazon is the second largest employer in the U.S. So are they bad? They're giving a lot. I mean, they're giving jobs to a lot of people. So all I'm saying is, come on, man. All right, I wanted to get to another topic. Because, man, I've been watching mo classic movies for, since the pandemic started. And now I, I just made it a thing. And there's a bunch of movies that I didn't see when I was younger. And in a way, they came out in a time. There's some classics that came out when I was too young. So it would have been stupid for me to even watch them. I wouldn't have, you know, understood them. Like, I recently saw, like, The Godfathers or, like, Goodfellas, Casino. You know, I'm, I'm going through many different directors. I'm doing now Stanley Kubrick and and uh, and a few others, but you know, if I would have watched them when I was a kid, it wouldn't be it wouldn't even make sense to me. So I'm kind of glad that I'm watching them now. And there's a bunch of classics that I that I have not seen. And there's one which is not even that old, and I had watched it in the past, but I, again, I was too young. So I was like, let me watch this shit again. I watched it with my girl. I was like, man, this is going to be great because this movie is going to be amazing, right? And the movie is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And this is a fucking classic cult movie um, which uh, starred uh, Johnny Depp, a young 
Johnny Depp, Benicio del Toro, and there's a few, I think there's a few others, but those are the main characters, right? And, and man, this movie, obviously, just for you, for you to know, if you haven't watched it and you want to watch it, then don't see this part of the podcast because it's going to be a spoiler. I'm going to fucking rant on this movie because the movie is about nothing. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is about nothing. That movie was made as an excuse to show Johnny Depp and Benicio del Toro do some great performances when it comes to like being high on acid and shit and to show Las Vegas with a lens which was amazing. I mean, like this is a weird thing about this movie and I think this is why people praise it so much because if you just look at the aesthetics of it, the movie shows some takes and that are fucking amazing. It shows Las Vegas with the neon look that that man. It just is. Watch it. I think it's worth watching, but it's not a movie that you're gonna watch and under, understand what happened. And not because oh, the director is so like deep, so he made this thing that you don't even understand. But no, no, no. Nobody understands what the fuck they did here. I don't even think the director, the writer, nothing. And this movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab the actual like name of the because this movie is based on a on a book that was written by Hunter S. Thompson, right? And I know a little bit about this guy because Johnny Depp was really good friends with him and he was really cool with him. And this guy died uh, recently, if I believe, and Johnny Depp like you know did some like. Um, some fireworks. I think I think the guy wanted to have his his ashes thrown into fireworks and or into the space. So Johnny Depp did that, and they spent millions on the funeral or whatever. So I, I heard of this guy, but I wasn't clear where he sort of fit in the picture. And he's actually the writer for a novel called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which they then made into into a movie, right? And and dude, I don't. This, the movie's about nothing. I have nothing to, I mean, I'm going to say some shit on the, about this movie, but I have nothing to really, like, remember about the plot. There's no plot. And the thing is, the whole movie, I'm thinking, oh, I get it. I get it. This is all confusing. Nothing makes sense. But then there's going to be a moment where click, 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 and things happen. And I've seen those type of movies, and that is in, that is really great when that happens. There's movies that, that throw some certain hit stories, and you're like, yo, what the fuck are you even doing? And then at the end, some shit happens where it makes everything click, and then you're like, oh, fuck. And, and that's part of the strategy that you want in a movie, right? Like the director and the writer to make, to make it so that the plot hits you in a way, and you're like, oh, fuck. Those are the emotions that you want from a movie. This movie, the whole time, I'm waiting for this fucking magical plot that's going to make everything make sense. And nothing fucking happens. Literally, this movie, what it is, and, and I'm gonna be real with you, cause you know, you know, I, I've had my experiences, my fair share of experiences in the psychedelic sphere. This movie is great if you're gonna take mushrooms, LSD, and you wanna just fucking watch a movie that you're gonna be like tripping the fuck out. Because when you're on acid or shrooms, right? You're not really like. You're not gonna captivate the plot of a movie. You're not even gonna know what the fuck. I mean, depending on the strength of what the fuck you're doing, but 
in general, like, you, your mind is not, I don't think, in my opinion, your mind is there to, like, follow a plot or anything. So I see how Fear Nothing in Las Vegas is a perfect movie. You have a lot of neon lights, Las Vegas. The guys in the movie themselves are tripping on acid. And, and the hallucinations are not that off from maybe what a trip could be. So I like the fact that it seemed like whoever created these scenes knew, like, knew about these drugs and how it felt because they did a great job at that. So if you're fucking tripping balls, this is a great movie to watch. I 100% recommend it because you're going to be fucking tripping and you're going to see the guys like, what the fuck is happening? But if you, if you want to watch a movie that makes sense, like a, a movie that just like has a great story, a great ending and shit, this movie is not it. This movie has no fucking plot. The movie starts with these guys just like in a, in a car like going to to Las Vegas from California, right? And they're in like the, the classic desert road with the fucking convertible and they have uh, a box that's filled with every drug imaginable. And like the thing is, the, the aesthetics of the movie are so good that you you sort of get caught up in it. It's sort of like, you know how people watch these days, this uh, piece of shit movies like Fast and the Furious and things like that. They're so shit, right? But they have so many bells and whistles with the explosions and shit that fucking retarded people are like, oh my God, that's fucking amazing, right? And they sort of overvalue a, a piece of shit movie. I feel like with this movie, Fear and Loading in Las Vegas, and Fear and Loading in Las Vegas, I mean, I'm not even comparing it in the essence, you know, to like Fast and the Furious. This Fear and Loading has a lot more credit in, 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 in that regard. I mean, it's still a shit movie because it has no plot, but... But it, it, it feels like it has all the things that a movie should have that are great, but then it doesn't come through with it. You know, like, for example, I, uh, I've recently watched some movies from es es um, Scorsese, right? And with his movies, right, mob movies, you see a lot of these aesthetics that are super cool, like the takes that he does and like in, maybe like in New York, like all those takes... They look really nice aesthetics, but they're backed up by a story and a plot that turns out to be a fucking good movie, right? With Fear and Loathing, you have all the bells and whistles. You have the amazing aesthetics of being in a convertible in the desert with drugs, where you have Tobey Maguire, the guy from Spider-Man, make a cameo where he's one of the guys they're picking up on the way. He makes no sense in the movie, has no fucking story. I don't even think he's, he has more than three lines. Makes no sense. They have a box that's filled with every drug imaginable. And that part is cool as fuck because, man, it, the thing is, is the, the movie looks so good at all the time. The hotel they get to is fucking cool. And every night in the hotels that they're at, pretty much all they do is just destroy the hotel and leave without paying the bill. But it never gets to a story. Like, you don't even understand what happened in the story. It seems like he went to Las Vegas because he's a, a journalist, so he's going to write about a motorcycle event that's happening but then when he goes that day he doesn't even write about it because a storm happens and he just leaves so i'm just like this guy goes there and he's not even doing his job and benicio del toro is like his manager or some shit so then he books him to another hotel but he's gonna he's gonna do another um sort of um he's gonna be like instead of being a journalist for the motorcycles he's gonna do it now for a convention for cops so He's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be writing about cops in the convention for cops, and I'm going to be with cops, and I have all these drugs, right? So you're like, oh, fuck, now, now this shit is fucking picking up, right? 
they're in the convention with cops next to them and they're doing cocaine. So you're like, oh, okay, so this is going to get spiced up now. No, it doesn't. They just trash the room again. And then the next morning they leave without paying. And that's it. Like, that's the whole fucking movie. There's no plot. There's no story. It's just Benicio Toro and Johnny Depp just rambling the whole movie like, oh, the bats, oh, uh, the masculine. Oh, what's this? It's no, no real essence. But if you're tripping on acid, or if you're just smoking a little weed and you want to laugh a little, you don't want to think about much. You don't want to really make connections in the movie. Watch this shit. It's a, it's a piece of shit. Good movie to watch. Okay, and I'm gonna be coming with certain classics that people think are great, and I'm gonna be real about them. So this is one of the first ones. And for people out there like, yo, Kiko, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You didn't even understand. Because this movie is, is made based on like a, a writer, Hunter S. Thompson. And I don't want to hate on this guy. Maybe he's amazing. Maybe, you know, he's he has deep thoughts and shit. But I have a problem sometimes with these movies that think they're saying shit, but they're not. So stop making shit like that. Let me know what you think. Maybe I'm wrong, but I want to know your comments and your opinions on this shit. Also, let me know what you think of Bezos, if he's a cool guy for you or if you think he's a piece of shit. And thanks for tuning in, guys. Peace.